All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm going live on Instagram for the first time. This is going to be crazy. What's going on, everybody? It is Devon Johnson with the Showtime Forum uh, post-game show. Today we have had uh, just an amazing feeling of being back with basketball. We had a long all-star break, which was tremendous. We'll get into that a little bit tonight. But the Lakers did what they were supposed to do tonight, and they take down the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, 117 to 105. And uh, we're going to get into a lot of it tonight. Some really, really great moments that we saw tonight. A lot of lowlights tonight as well. But we have plenty to go through. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the recent uh, news that broke today in regards to Markeith Morris and uh, talking about Boogie Cousins and what is that going to look like for our lineup going forward. But let's just deal with what we saw tonight. If you're on Instagram, guys, it's our first time back on Instagram. So y'all forgive me. I'm going to try to pay attention to both if I can. Okay. So in any case, tonight was great because what we were able to see were the Lakers coming out in the beginning of the game doing what we thought they should do. And that was being aggressive on defense. Obviously, the offense was going great. And this is the Memphis Grizzlies. So we're not talking about a team that's necessarily at the bottom of the barrel record-wise as being the, the barometer. But really, this is a really hard, uh, hard-nosed team. John Morant has done just an amazing job as a rookie coming in, setting a tone for the team that, you know, they, they are taking this, se- that's this season seriously. Even though they know they don't have championship uh, contention in their DNA in this season, they are still taking every single game as serious business for them. We all remember the drama with Iggy and the team and the whole nine. But the, the young guys there are setting a tone. And tonight, even though they were down by 25, you saw that tone show up. And they got that lead all the way down to about four. But the truth is, they never let in the game. Um, and while it was close at a certain point, it really didn't matter. Uh, it, this game was really kind of out, of out of out of reach for them. And for the Lakers, really, it was a wake-up call. It was a reminder that... If you do not play intensive defense for the entire game, no matter how big your lead is, you can never get comfortable because teams take it personal when they play the Lakers. And you saw it tonight. This is not just going to be the Grizzlies. It's going to be any team that plays the Los Angeles Lakers. They're going to be serious and they're going to be. And listen, and here's the most important part about it is that they utilize us as their championship aspirations. So when they're trying to beat us, it is a good feeling for them. For us, we can win this game and still walk away feeling like there's lots that we have to improve on. And tonight, I think that was exactly what happened. But we in, we improved to 42 and 12, uh, and we took care of business once again. Now we are an amazing road team. Okay, we've only really lost one road game, if you want to be honest, against a Western Conference team. But uh, uh, at, at, in, in the long run, the the biggest issues we're having for some reason, record-wise, is at home. And tonight was about to be a fearful one. We were about to almost break a streak tonight in which we go into the fourth quarter. We are undefeated when we're leading going into the fourth quarter. And tonight we almost we almost lost that. But the Lakers did exactly what they were supposed to do. Listen, I want to get to your guys' questions. Because we have so many people on so many different platforms, I want to get to these questions. But we're going to talk about a few things. First thing is I want to talk about this man named Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis tonight had a block party tonight the man had seven blocks tonight and i'm not even sure if we were realizing that he did that and he's not even fully healthy if you watch the beginning of the game in the first minute anthony davis went down and we're still not sure what the injury is we know it's to his lower leg and he went away for majority of the first quarter he comes back out the crowd goes crazy and he comes in and he ends up playing an amazing game he ends up playing 31 minutes and scoring 28 points 
uh, and adding on to LeBron's 32. But he came in, and even uh, without being fully healthy, he was still able to contribute seven blocks, 13 rebounds, and 28 points. I'm sorry, but when you think about these kind of stats and you think about some of the things that Anthony Davis did during this game, this, this is the reason why, even though we don't have a lot of depth, our one and our two with LeBron James and Anthony Davis is by far the best one and two in the entire NBA. And so while we may not have depth and certain teams may have a bigger roster or better players on their roster, there's still no answer for a man who's on one leg still getting seven blocks. And this is not against a team like the Houston Rockets where they go small ball. They have Valanchunas. They have a big guy that actually was somebody that we were looking at in the free agency. This guy was there, and, and literally, Anthony Davis was doing blocks where he would, he would block the ball and still control it. Being able to do that on one leg, still being able to get 13 rebounds, and still playing hard all the way through the end is a tremendous testament to the skill set that this man has. He's built different. And when we talk about a once-in-a-generational player, this is still... Uh, this is the exact example that we're talking about. And I see over here, uh, D-Wayne 24, he's still injury prone. And this is what's great. Normally when he was in New Orleans and these things happen, they keep him out of the game. But LeBron James has begun to train this guy how to play through injuries because the truth is every single team is going to have injuries heading into the playoffs. And the further into the playoffs you go, the more injuries you're going uh, to incur. And the key in all of that is, the key is that you can play through those injuries. And tonight... I don't know what they did in the back there, but he came back out, and it was clear he wasn't 100%, but his stats, if you were just looking at his stats, at his minute total, uh, at his uh, defensive presence, at his offensive production, you would think there was nothing wrong with him at all. 28.7 blocks, 13 rebounds, and 31 minutes. There's, there's no reason why you would think there's something wrong with him if you were just looking at the stat sheet. Yes, he is very injury prone, and I agree with you on that, but the, but the key to all of that is is that if he can learn how to play through it, that him even being injury prone really nullifies itself. Because while he may get hurt, if he can play through it, then nothing else uh, really matters. And so we also want to talk about tonight, there was a, a key moment. Uh, during the stretch where we really started losing momentum, it, it happened during uh, Rondo's minutes. Tonight, Rondo played 16 minutes um, and scored five points. But what we need to talk about, for the most part, is we need to talk about the idea of Caruso or Rondo. Uh, and tonight, and, 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 and these plus minuses actually changed just a little bit right before the show. Uh, actually, no, they ended up being the same. So, so Caruso comes into the game, and he only scores nine points. And this is where most of the uh, people who are not Laker fans get so bamboozled as to why we love Caruso so much. Caruso comes into the game, and instantly, whatever run the Grizzlies were having, it instantly stops, and it just reverses and goes the other way. He's active in the passing lanes. He's doing his job uh, with bringing the ball up court and making the right decisions with the right passes. He does things that make the team uh, uh, flow differently than when Rondo's on the court. Now, this is not to say that Caruso is a starter, and, and, no, and no, by no means, but it does mean to me that he should be getting a bulk of the backup minutes uh, uh, in, in, in the case of when the second unit is in. Uh, tonight, he played 23 minutes. So you're seeing that Frank Vogel trusted him. Once he saw that run go away, and he, uh, he took Rondo out, he puts Caruso in. Caruso was a plus 23 tonight, and he just did plenty of great things tonight. Took charges, put back dunks, just things that we need. And these things are momentum carriers. These things keep the whole bench involved. It keeps uh, the people on uh, the, the players on the court involved. 
everybody's eyes are on because he is constantly moving and doing things. And you really got to keep your head on a swivel because you never know when he's going to do something. And when you keep, when you have that level of intensity and focus and hunger on the floor, it makes a difference, which is why he was one of those pieces that we could not trade. Uh, uh, let me get to these questions because I see I, I'm, I'm missing out on a whole lot of stuff. Uh, let me get to these over here and then uh, IG, I'm going to get to you because I've missed a ton of them. Uh, let's get over to these questions. James St. Michael, shout out to LBJ for making his first 11 free throws. Yeah, um, the Lakers are pretty much one of the worst free throw shooting percentage teams in the league, which is really bad considering that we get to the line a fairly decent amount with AD and LeBron obviously being aggressive in the paint and things like that, they tend to get more calls. It just depends on who the ref is. Uh, but tonight, LeBron James did his thing tonight. He was 11 of 12 tonight, only missed one free throw. And generally, when LeBron gets into the double digits, his free throw percentage is around 70 to 80%. But tonight, he did an amazing job. But overall, as a team, we shot 65%, uh, and, which is just not good. 65%, uh, 26 of 40 from the line. That's, uh, that's, that's not going to work not just for the rest of the games in the regular season, but it's definitely not going to work in the playoffs. And so uh, we want to make sure that uh, as, as Laker fans, we're watching uh, if this is improving because that's really where we're looking for improvement to happen. Not just in three-point shooting. Tonight they were 31%, 9 of 29, but that's generally where they live. But as far as the free throws, if we can make our free throws, then most of, this, uh, most of these games would not be nearly as close uh, as they have been. So... Uh, yeah, shout out to him for hitting those free throws tonight. Uh, Spain Torero, good to see you. The Caruso, absolutely. Tonight uh, was his night. Uh, Anakin Mohan, sloppy one, but we'll take it. 80 had seven blocks with an injured calf. Talk about that. And and absolutely, as I just did, uh, that's just, an, that's just a, an amazing thing. Now, once again, the idea is in these kind of games, okay, you want when you get a 25-point lead, the goal, the, the true uh, uh, win that we would have, right? We won the game tonight, but the, the, like the perfect will game is if AD was able to stay off of the floor and stay underneath 30 minutes. Now, tonight he did by default because he was out majority of that first quarter. Uh, but, but the issue is that in the end of games, we want our stars to be resting, AD and LeBron to be resting. But tonight we fully needed them. Because for, for whatever reason, that stretch when Rondo was in really caused problems. Uh, but, you know, they, they did what they had to do today. D.L. Johnson. Good evening. Good morning from area code 703VA. Uh, I'm out here in, uh, in Houston, so I understand you're an hour ahead of me. So it's super early. It's midnight where I'm at. James Michael, I think we got out-hustled out by Clark, so we almost lost the lead. And it's going to happen a lot, guys. You're seeing a turnover in... Uh, in the NBA right now, where a lot of teams have a lot of young players playing, the Pelicans, the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, the Warriors, you have a lot of young people, young guys coming in, and they're hungry, and they want to prove themselves, and they're doing things. Like, for the most part, nobody was talking about Clark going into this game. He wasn't one of those people you were looking out for. Most people don't even know what college he went to or where he got drafted. But for the most part, when they get into the game, and there's a, there's a game like against the Lakers, and there's stars, especially when they play us at home. There's stars there, and the lights are on. These young guys want to prove themselves because it matters for them for them in these first couple of years of their of their NBA careers. It sets the tone for the next contract negotiation. And tonight, Clark just showed that he's he's a baller. He's a baller. But we have to be careful when we play these young teams because they are going to come at us 
really, really hard. And Clark did his thing tonight. Al Sanchez, hello. Greetings to you, sir. Nice warm-up game before Sunday's Celtics game. Now, let's put that in the context of tonight. Tonight, if this was the Celtics, we would have gotten blown off the court. And I'm going to tell you why. Mainly because of the, not the amount of turnovers. The actual amount of turnovers wasn't as bad as it looked. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies had uh, 16 turnovers, and we only had 14, even though it felt like we were turning it over every other possession. Uh, but that those 14 turnovers will turn into significant points for the Celtics. The Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies could not capitalize on that tonight, and so we got away with one. Okay, They were able to hit runs, but they weren't able to really get a lot of points off of turnovers. And so tonight we got away with that. But those 14 turnovers against a Celtics team uh, that is pretty that has that has one of the deepest starting rosters. They have about three or four guys who can they have three guys who are averaging 20 right now, and really four who can give you 24, 25 uh, points on any given night. And so uh, tonight we were able to get away with it. But Sunday we have to be far more focused. So you're right. This is a good tune-up game, good warm-up game get our brain back going, but we need to be focused because we cannot do against the, the Celtics this Sunday what we did when we were in their house last month. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. All right, so let's uh, let's see here. Uh, Al Sanchez, I'm concerned about giving up a 25-point lead. Al Sanchez, and not just giving up a 25-point lead, but giving up a 25-point lead again. So this is this is not the first time we've had big leads and let it go. Normally, when you get to the All-Star break, you want to have these kinks figured out, but for some reason, they did not tonight. Uh, let me hop over here. Uh, what's good? I need tickets. Uh, fresh king of my. I wish I had tickets. Uh, let's get into it. Why cousins and not Dudley? Uh, Migs nineteen seventy nine. So we're talking about that. So let me. Let's just get into uh, the Demarcus Cousins thing. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is technically still a Laker, uh, and he is. He technically, technically, he's still a Laker, uh, but he is. Uh, he is still. Uh, going to be around the facility, even though he's probably going to be waived. The way it works, um, even though there was it, it was a buyout and they renegotiated his contract with Marquise Morris with the Pistons, they figured out what they were going to do. He's going to take a huge hit. He's going to literally he's going to bypass four million dollars to come play for a contender. We're most likely going to use our exception on him, our disabled uh, player exception on him, which is about one point seven five mil which obviously is not what he could have got in Detroit, but he's actually going to be playing for a championship, so that's going to manifest in his next contract, you know, obviously, if he is able to contribute during this next stretch uh, of games. But because he is not uh, technically waived right now and Cousins is still on the team, right now it's just everything is just rumors. So even when you talk to the – if you guys are watching post-game right now with uh, Spectrum Sportsnet – they're probably going to ask questions to Frank Vogel or to the players, and they're not going to address it because it hasn't happened yet. The truth is, is that they that the he's still on waivers. Morris is still on waivers and can be claimed by another team. Uh, Houston Rockets have a spot open that they can still use. There are still teams that can claim them. Nobody's expected to claim them. Uh, there's a whole lot of politics that go into it. Most agents are, you know, if anybody knows about Art Tellum and, and how he used to do things, he would call and threaten people and say, don't touch my player. Don't even think about trying to pick him up off of waivers. So no one's going to pick him up off of waivers. So right now, everything looks like it's going to be exactly what we're hearing rumors of. But until it happens, it's pretty much like it, like it never happened. Okay. Uh, so right now, uh, 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 Cousins is still on the team. But I truly expect that once he finally gets waived and gets cut, uh, no team is going to pick him up because uh, he's already made it clear that he's not going to be playing this season. He said he's going to be rehabbing for the rest of the season to get ready. I believe he'll still be working out at the Lakers facility. He's fully allowed to do that. 
Uh, he'll be working at the Lakers facility. He'll be working out with Laker players. I, I fully expect him to be fully engaged with team activities uh, that are off court, obviously, going to the movies and food like that because he's already out here in L.A. And then next season, he'll most likely be a Laker. Uh, so that's not so much the issue. But the question that people were asking, the question that was asked, is why wouldn't you get rid of Dudley? And I think somebody already addressed it on IG. You cannot get rid of Dudley because Dudley is a locker room guy. Part of the reason why the chemistry is what it is. If you've ever, if you had a chance to look at Showtime Forum's Twitter page uh, today, there was a video that we put out that talked about the chemistry. And how every player is talking about the chemistry on the team is the best they've ever experienced. Every veteran has talked about that. Dudley's talked about that. Green's talked about that. Cousins has talked about that. AD has talked about it. They've never been on a team where 1 through 15, every player is in lock, in step. They care about each other. They're like brothers. And so Dudley is a huge part of that culture being, being there. He sets the tone for people on the bench, like a Quinn Cook and a Troy Daniels who can go games without playing. Uh, the same as him. And so he's able to set the tone of being supportive and being the cheerleader. Uh, and the truth is, is that you can cut Boogie Cousins and really not lose him because you can still bring him back next season. It just doesn't make sense to cut a player who can actually contribute to your locker room, if not even on the court, and to cut him for somebody who's disabled. And the only thing he really can do is just be there to be moral support and can't contribute uh, any other way. So that's the reason why. All right. Uh, Anakin Mohan, Marquis for Cousins, what do you think? I think I just addressed that. But Marquis is going to, you know, he's he's. He's going to contribute. Um, he is obviously not his twin brother, um, but what he does give us is size. And so uh, one thing that I did notice uh, uh, with Markeith is that he is averaging, uh, he right now he is averaging uh, 11 points. Yeah, so in the, 40, in the games that he's played with the Pistons, 11 points, shooting almost 40% from three-point. And these are things that we could use, but for more than anything else, we need his size. We need his size more than anything else. Uh, as, as Boogie Cousins said in the, uh, in the All the Smoke podcast, bump bodies. This is, what the, this is what the bigs call it. They love to bump bodies. You want somebody who has a big frame who's able to bump bodies and take and absorb. And then it gives the option for Kuzma now to move to a more natural position of the three when you have Markeith Morris there. This is something that Cousins ultimately could have provided when they signed him. Uh, but obviously when he got hurt, they had to rearrange the roster for it to make sense. They signed Dwight Howard, who obviously became the other big. Uh, but you still needed somebody in that slot to, to be able to kind of bump in with bodies. And so now you're going to have Marquise Morris doing, being able to do that. And that's something that we haven't had all season because Cousins has been out. So with that being said, I'm fully expecting that he's going to open up uh, Kuzma to be a little bit more active tonight. I know people are calling him trash, uh, but tonight he did contribute in some, in some great ways tonight, eight points. Uh, and he had four rebounds, but he was a plus nine. And this is what I love about it. He was actively shooting. He shot 13 times, only made four, and that's fine with me. But he was active in the paint. What I want to see Kuzma do is be far more confident from behind the three-point line. Without double, without double guessing, without trying to do a double take and pump faking from the three-point line, just get into the natural motion of shooting. And I do believe Morris being in the game will free him up to be able to do more cuts and be able to shoot and be posted up like a Caldwell Pope or even an Avery Bradley uh, as he was tonight. And just shout out to Avery Bradley, man. 14 points tonight, 29 minutes, was just consistent across the board, man. Like, he just, he's just a, a hard-nosed, grinding uh, guard, and we, and we were missing that. We were missing that. Once he came back from that injury, we weren't sure if he was going to come back to form. But not only has he been great defensively, but he's also been great. Uh, he's also been great on the offensive end. Uh, in fact, they said he's shooting 60% over the last nine games. And that was before tonight's game, so I'm not sure what it is now. 
Uh, but he shot a great percentage tonight, 6 of 10, 2 of 4 from the three-point line. So that, that, that is, it's shaping up to like our roster is going to be not just formidable, but it's going to be functional. The chemistry is going to be right, and I'm fully expecting us to ride it all the way into the finals. Um, uh, Tam Marino, 13. What's up, man? Be, be a nice first-round matchup for us. Uh, it would, yeah. Memphis would be a nice person, or the Pelicans. I, I think the Pelicans would be exciting to see the young core get into the playoffs, the first uh, season away from the Lakers and being able to play the Lakers. That'd be great. Um, but it, it doesn't matter whoever we play in the eight seed is not going to have enough to match up against the Lakers on a seven-game series. So it'll be a good tune-up. Uh, uh, Blake St. Clair, good to see you, my bro. I'd be more psyched with the win if both uh, LeBron and AD were uh, both low 30 minutes wise. Yes, and that's the truth. I, I, I feel the exact same way. Um, and uh, just there's not able to do it for, for whatever reason tonight. They just weren't able to close the deal. Uh, Rich Vora, it's unreal that he did in less, uh, in less than the equivalent of three quarters. Talking about 80s production tonight with seven blocks. Absolutely. What's even more uh, telling is that uh, teams are still not believing that we are a great defensive team in the paint because they're consistently, we are having block parties on a consistent basis. And you would think coaches would train their players to act differently when they get into the paint, but they don't. And they keep trying to attack our centers. And they did it tonight, got our, our centers in foul trouble. Uh, but it really didn't matter because we have three, right? We have Anthony Davis, who had seven blocks tonight. Uh, we have Dwight Howard, uh, who also had a block tonight. And we have JaVale McGee, who also had a block tonight. And so, you know, you're talking almost, almost double-digit blocks in one game. And most teams won't get double-digit blocks in a five-game Stretch. So we're we're producing uh, we're producing um, uh, defensive defensively with blocks, and people are still not not paying attention to that. Uh, uh, let's see here. Migs, nineteen seventy nine. The guy is out for MVP, defensive player of the year, all team NBA Finals MVP. Listen, that, <laughs> that man can pull that off. Now there hasn't been a person. I don't believe. I don't think. Jor I don't know if Jordan did it. I got to go back and look. Who won defensive player of the year and uh, one MVP. I think that actually the only person who actually did that was Jordan. I think I could be wrong, uh, but listen, I, I don't. I, I doubt he'll get MVP just because of the way Giannis is playing. But he certainly has made a statement that he's he he can hold up his own. Okay, uh, where the f is Greg Bergman? He, hit him up. Ask him. Ask him where he's at. Um, why not let Demarcus? Oh, I think we already addressed that. Um, you're not trying to win the locker. You are not, this is Sean Lampkin, you're not trying to win in the locker room, you want, you want to win games. Uh, and, that, and this is something that, um, that Matt Barnes and even Steven Jackson talked about, uh, Kobe has talked about this. The, the chemistry in the locker room translates into winning games. This is part of the reason, just to be honest, and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but this is part of the reason why the Sixers struggle so much. This is part of the reason why the Clippers are struggling the way they are. On paper, their talent is amazing, but if the chemistry is not right, it doesn't matter how much you want to win games. The chemistry has to happen. This, this, this league is so built on everybody being on the same wavelength, being able to call out defensive rotations, knowing offensive plays, just having a certain connection about what you're going to do, and all of that stems from your chemistry off the court. This is not just a clock in, I'm going to come see you, I'm going to get out of here, and I'm done. It's really going to be like, are we spending time together? And uh, one of the things that Popovich and Tim Duncan and all of them talked about with San Antonio that made them so great was their ability to hang out and be players and be family off of the court. And as crazy as it looks, because they're so stoic and so disciplined, that's when they got on the court. But when they were off.
off the court, these guys were truly brothers. And so for us, it makes a difference to have a locker room that is freshly thrown together. We had a completely turned over roster with only one person, well, technically two people returning with Rondo uh, and Kuzma, of course, LeBron. But you're talking about like an entire new roster, AD and, Ray, and, uh, and, and Avery Bradley and Danny Green and Cousins and Howard. And you're talking about all these people who are coming back and are coming onto the team. You need your chemistry to be tight. And so that's a, 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 that's a great thing for us, knowing that this says that chemistry has been a huge reason as as to why we've translated our talent into wins. Okay, uh, triple back to back games, Laker Metropolis. Yes, in case you you guys didn't hear, they did reschedule the Clippers game, uh, and so we will be having in next month, I believe, or no, I think this is in April. We have three games back to back, which is no worries. Frank Vogel talked about this earlier in pregame. Uh, he said that uh, in Indiana they had a, a three-game back-to-back to back because <laughs> of a snowed-out game, and he said they won all three. So this is not—I don't think this is going to be too much of a hindrance, um, but I do believe the Lakers will be able to take care of business in those games. Uh, uh, Blake Sinclair, the lack of bench production is still a major problem. Once again, uh, uh, it, it's very true, but but you got to look at look at it like this. Okay, you had twelve from Caldwell Pope, eight from Kuzma. Four from Howard, uh, five from Rondo, nine from Caruso. Now, as crazy as that sounds, uh, that actually works a little bit in our favor in the sense that everybody is contributing. Now, what you would like to see is much more of like what the Grizzlies had. But let me show you the difference, okay? The Grizzlies had on their bench 14, 14, 20. You look at that and you go, that's amazing. But their starting unit was suffering horribly. John Morant had 17 and he was the only starter in double digits, Okay. He was the only starter in double digits. Now, that's that's not a good look, okay? And especially if that starter only had 17 points. 7, 7, 8, 17, 7. As opposed to us, who have a 28, 32, 14. So our points are a little bit more spread out. Obviously, the two top-heavy guys, AD and LeBron, but they're always going to be scoring high because that's just what they do. So I, I do hear you. We do need to make some adjustments onto that, and I do believe Morris is going to bring more clarity uh, but I really think it's going to hinge more on, to be honest, how much are we going to play Rondo? Because he he costs us so much in the point category. He's a minus, I think he was a minus seven or minus nine tonight. Because he costs us so much in that, it does hurt the production and the fluidity of the bench being able to get going. So you want to be able to have the minutes, I preferably have the minutes go to a uh, a Caruso who was able to at least contribute defensively so you can get more stops and get more offensive production on the back end. So we don't know. I don't know. Uh, 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 ben Calder, uh, Candelario. AD had those snatch your soul blocks. Yeah, man. He was uh, he was on tonight, man. Blake St. Clair. Cough. Kuzma. Listen, the, it, t- tonight, I hear what you guys are saying. Uh, but tonight, he did the things that they were asking him to do. And, you know, like I said, he was a plus nine tonight, which is not, you know, it's not a lot. Uh, but... I believe that when Morris gets in here, and, and listen, I'm not asking for Morris to score double digits. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Morris to take over more of what uh, Kuzma's being asked to do now, which will free Kuzma up to do what he truly wants to do, and that's just score. Uh, so we really need Morris. I think Morris uh, and and Kuzma on the floor together would be amazing. Morris at the four, uh, and then having Kuzma at the three, which would free him up just to be that that shooter that he that we've known him to be. Uh, and here's the truth, guys. Kuzma's not going anywhere between now and when this season is over. So we can complain about him, and I get it. But at the, at the end of the day, he's going to be here. This is it. Trade deadline's over. He's not getting bought out. This is it. This is this is we're getting this guy. Okay. 
the most we can ha hope for is that he gets a chance to turn it on the way that we know he can if he ever gets a chance to do that. Man, Instagram is popping tonight. I wish I could have got to it. Uh, AC should have made the U.S. Rising Star team. I, I believe it. I believe it. Absolutely, I believe it. Uh, but he's not. He's just not because the, the things that, that most people value, Laker Nation, we value Caruso more than anybody else because we see him in the light that is necessary for our team to thrive. Uh, D.L. Johnson, Caruso is a starter. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I don't think he's a starter only because he would have to replace Avery Bradley for that. Uh, and Avery Bradley has been much more consistent uh, it, it, really in like the last 15 games. Um, and so I don't want to stop him now. He's starting to average double digits. He's shooting 60%. He's doing what we need him to do, and he's active defensively. I think Caruso plays the perfect backup because he's able to help the second unit keep the intensity that the starting, the starting lineup was able to produce in the first part of the game. Um, <laughs> facts, Jaden W. I love how much we love Caruso. I'm with you. Like, I, I just want, I want y'all to know nobody loves Caruso more than me. Uh, and I really hope he stays with us for the rest of his career. I don't know how realistic it's going to be. Tamarino13, what do you think is making Rondo so bad? Usually you think high IQ players age well. He was never a great shooter and was this crazy freak of an athlete. Just doesn't seem to be making smart plays. Um, I, said, I said this on the last post game before we went to All-Star break, but uh, somebody made this comment, and I think it's genius. They said, we have a name for high IQ basketball players who aren't, able to produce on the court anymore. He said, we call those people coaches. And to be honest, Rondo is far more a coach than he is a player. Uh, but for whatever reason, and I, nobody can figure it out. We don't know what exactly is causing Rondo to get trusted so much uh, over Caruso. Now, like I said, Caruso played far more minutes tonight. Uh, he played 23 minutes tonight, and it was fine. But it seems like it takes, uh, it, we have to first allow Rondo to play 10 to 15 minutes of bad play before Caruso really gets a shot. When really, we should just bring Caruso in off the top, and if something happens to Caruso, then we just have to deal with Rondo. But that doesn't seem to be uh, the case. And I don't know what's getting into his head. I just think it's just time. I think he's just, you know, he, he was already limited as a player when he was at his peak, okay? And so now, you know, it's he's not at his peak. He's on the back end of his career. Um, and to be honest, this is probably going to be his last contract. I, I can't think of another team that's going to give him a contract unless it's just a random team that's just looking to have somebody sit the bench. Uh, Al, Al, Al Sanchez, I would have released someone other than Cousins. No, no. And here's the thing, guys. It, the probability of Cousins coming back this year was slim to none, okay? The man just started doing jump shots this week. Just started doing jump shots. So you're talking about, like, trying to get ready, not just for the NBA, but get ready for the NBA playoffs and possibly the finals? No. He's been injured on the same leg three times. This is the, the perfect thing to do is to cut him, use his roster spot, keep him close, and just let him know with the wink wink under the table, we want you next season. We want you fully healthy. We want you on this court because we believe we're starting something great. He already loves it here. He wants to be here. And, and there's really not a lot of teams that are going to take a chance on a player like him uh, that can and that would also give him an opportunity to win a championship next year like we would. So cut him and just keep him close because he can still do all of the stuff that he does with the, with the rest of the team with the exception of games and probably he could probably travel. I don't know how that works, but he can't come sit on the bench, but he can come to the facility anytime he wants. He can work out. He can still rehab. In fact, uh, part of his salary, even though they, they've waived him, he has an insurance policy that's still going to cover a million dollars. So he's still going to be able to get paid while he's off. And he's still going to be able to work out with our with our trainers. And so, 
There, there really is no downside outside of he could possibly get disgruntled and walk away. But outside of that, there's really no downside to it. Don't cut a player that you could still use on your roster, especially when the buyout market is very, very dry. Um, and just cut Cousins first. Now, there's still a possibility that somebody else can get cut. Deion Waiters is still out there. Lots of talk about J.R. Smith. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, Cousins may not be able to return physically by the playoffs. And I don't think, I, listen, even if he was able to, he said it on the podcast. And I just, I, I implore everybody to go watch that podcast because he let out so much of the behind the scenes about his injury. But he said he, there was no reason he should have been on that court when he got injured again uh, with the Warriors. He goes, I should have never been out there. I should, I should have never been out there. So the Lakers are smart. We're thinking long term, right? So long term goes, listen, let's, let's not rush him back, right? We don't know what he, we, we, we wouldn't even know what he is on the court until the playoffs. And that's way too risky for not only him, but our winning percentage. So the idea is just keep him off. Uh, did Boogie make his move uh, for himself, decided to stay out for the season? Also helps the team. It may have. I, I mean, listen, there, there, there's, so, there, there's so much communication happening. Um, inside that building, and and once Magic left, they became so tight-lipped inside that office that you literally hear nothing. You hear nothing from Palenka. You hear nothing from Jeannie Buss. And, and really, the only time they really had to speak was when Kobe passed away. So they don't. They're not talking about nothing. But you better believe they're having internal conversations, and they know exactly what they want to happen. So I'm sure they've had a conversation. They notified Boogie Cousins the day before. This even came out. They talked to him about this yesterday. So, so we're you know, there's obviously conversations going on. Trust the process. We got it. Blake Sinclair, so what's the deal with Boogie reports in the pregame that he got away, but they couldn't confirm it with the team? Okay, so I'm going to say, yeah, Blake, so I'm going to address that real quick, and I'm going to keep going because I know time is running short. But uh, Boogie has not been waived yet. The sort, what, what's, what's the way it's supposed to happen is Marquise Morse uh, negotiates his, buy, his buyout. Once that happens, and I know a lot of people don't realize this, but every buyout still goes through a waiver process. So they don't really talk about that, but because because of how the politics work in the NBA, no one's going to pick that dude up. Okay, so the idea is that listen, he gets bought out, but you got to wait. Now, in the in the really weird off chance, really weird off chance that somebody actually picks him up, then you would if you would waive Cousins and M. Morris gets picked up by another team then you would literally cut somebody for no reason. You can't get them back. You can't reverse that transaction, and you would have lost that on Morris. So you wait until that transaction's done. You wait until the, he clears waivers. Then you sign, Then you cut Boogie, and you sign on the same day. So that's that's pretty much how it's going to work. Until then, you're going to see Boogie everywhere, okay? He's going to utilize his benefit of being on the court as often as possible because he loves being on this team. So once that happens, you won't see him on the bench, but you'll see him all in the facility. If you watch Swish Culture videos, you're going to see him at the practice facility. You're going to see him all with all that stuff. He's probably not going to be running with the team, but he'll be rehabbing with the team. You better believe it, okay? Um, uh, Jason Jenkins. Caruso needs to be first guard off the bench, more point guard minutes. Absolutely. I'm in complete agreement. G. Farron, 24-5. Hey, hey, my man. Great to see you. Good to see you. Are you worried about Dwight and JaVale early fouls? No. I love them being aggressive because it sets a tone. It sets a tone. Come in here. And I'm going to tell you what's getting ready to happen. What made this hard was that Anthony Davis wasn't on the floor. So a lot of those fouls were picked up, uh, especially for JaVale. A lot of those fouls were picked up right when Anthony Davis got hurt. So once, once he got hurt in the beginning, 
then it just left all the pressure on the bigs. And so they had to swap out with Dwight and JaVale. Generally, to be honest with you, because Anthony Davis is paired with the other bigs, uh, they share not only just the fouls, but they share the rotations on the defensive rotations into the paint. And so they, they, they communicate on that as to who's going to go in. Um, and also, just to be honest, Anthony Davis is a far better blocker um, and more athletic, so he's able to get up, keep straight up, his hands straight up, and do certain things that prevent fouls, like what we saw tonight. He got seven blocks tonight, and anytime you see a big over seven blocks when they're calling fouls the way they were calling tonight, you have to have a great, uh, 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 a great defensive mind and have the athleticism in your body to be able to block without fouling, and he did that tonight. So when he was off the floor, Dwight and, and JaVale are chasers, okay? They, they are obviously not as athletic as a John Morant. So when those guards get around them, they're chasing on the block. And generally, that's where they end up fouling is when they're chasing. So uh, I'm not worried about it at all. Um, uh, KYS, are you worried about AD's injuries, season-ending injury? Nope. I, I think it's a calf thing. I think, he, I think he's going to be fine. If the man came back and played the game the way he played tonight and had seven blocks with 13 rebounds and 28 points on a bum leg, I'm fine. Like, that's it. I'm fine. I am really am. I'm really fine. I just want him to be able to get to the end of the season, clinch the number one seed. Now, tonight, this is this is something we all can celebrate. This is something we all can celebrate, guys. IG, Periscope, YouTube. Tonight, with this win, we just clinched a winning season. It's been our first winning season in God knows how long, okay? So no matter what, we're going to finish above 500. Now, I'm not saying that that's, you know... For most people, that's nothing to celebrate. But for us who've been in the purgatory, who've been in purgatory, I'm telling you, this is great news. That letting you, that's letting you know that we have something cooking. 42 and 12 is nothing to just bat your eyes at. We have, we have secured a winning season. Now, everything that we do now, we're playing for house money at this point. Okay. Uh, next game versus the Celtics is 7.30 a.m. Monday, my time. Not looking forward to that one. Blake Zangler, I'm sorry, brother. I don't even know what to tell you for that. Uh, do you think Jr. signs? He looked good in workouts. Uh, Jr. always looks good in workouts, but I think he he could sign. Um, I don't know. Uh, obviously, all of us saw the cryptic post from from LeBron where he was like celebrating Jr. And, and and hyping him up. I think that was more to get him signed on any team. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I I don't know if it's a, I don't know if Jr. solves the problem that we have. I think he does feel a need, but he doesn't solve the biggest problem. He feels a need because he is able to get hot. He's a streaky shooter. And to be honest, if I'm just being honest with you, he can provide the point production that Kuzma has not produced. And so JR, on, literally on any given night, can give you like 20 points, like like easy. He's going to be a defensive liability for the most part, but he's not afraid of the moment. He's a veteran. He's won a championship with LeBron. So he feels, he feels a lot. He checks a lot of boxes. Uh, but the, like I said, the chemistry is so tight on this team. Then you know it's it's just do you do you really snatch out a Troy Daniels or a Quinn Cook, insert a J.R. Smith, which obviously would sound right, but d- does that mess anything up chemistry wise? And that could be far more detrimental. Kawhi versus LeBron, PG versus AD, Morris versus Morris, nice Hollywood story brewing, absolutely. Nick Wilson just getting on, but people need to see Kuz. It's not a wing or a five; he's a four, plain, plain and simple. I actually think he would be he would benefit more. I would say yes to that. Uh, Nick, if it was the case, uh, if if we had a true, if we had LeBron playing his natural position, it would make more sense. But LeBron controls the ball, 
And because he controls the ball, that changes what the four does. And to be honest, because we run with two bigs of Anthony Davis at the four and a, and a traditional five, Kuzma doesn't really fit the offensive scheme or even the defensive scheme of how they run things. Remember, the scheme doesn't necessarily change because the second unit comes in. What really changes is the way you operate in the scheme, but not the scheme itself. So Frank Vogel's defensive mindset pretty much stays the same. The difference is, is that how he orchestrates and gets what he wants done is how he switches it up. When Morris comes in, it frees Kuzma from having to play a lot of defensive possessions on these big bodies, which he is not good at. Okay, Luke Walton tried that crazy experiment with him playing at the five. He is not a five. And I'd venture to say he's really not a four. He's far better at a three, in my, in my opinion, when you already have a, a great four like Anthony Davis that can space the floor. Okay? Um, um, uh, Kuzma's too slow to play the three effectively. He gets burnt by the smaller players and steamrolled by the bigger ones. Okay, now, now once again, don't think of the three as defensively. What, Kuzma's not in there for defense. Okay? That's part of the problem is that when, without having a big body to throw in there, then we then then we have a problem, right? But if you throw a Morris in there, who has the wingspan, who has the body, who has the body size, you know what I mean, to, to bang bodies with these guys, then it frees Kuzma. All he has to do is just get to the catch and shoot position, which is where once again the offensive scheme runs through LeBron. So driving kick is going to be your primary role. Driving kick is what he's always looking for, which is why he always isos at the top of the paint because he's waiting to see how the play is going to develop. His secondary is if he doesn't see anything, he calls Anthony Davis for the pick and roll. That's his secondary. So if you are a shooter, if you're Danny Green, a KCP, and Avery Bradley, who've all been thriving three-point-wise, if you get into a position of catch and shoot with LeBron, you're going to thrive. Absolutely, you're going to thrive. So for Kuzma, that's what we need. We don't need him to be Jason Tatum. We don't need none of that. We need you to catch and shoot. And the reason why Kuzma's been having so many issues is because he has been trying to catch and then decide, which is not where he thrives. But you throw in a Morris, which, which automatically takes up that space, then all he has to do is just sit on the outside, and now he's a catch-and-shoot guy. But we'll see. Once again, though, he's going to be a defensive liability no matter what position you put him at, okay? Four, five, three, I don't care what you put him at. He's going to be a defensive liability, and that's okay. That is okay. We're not looking for this guy. Nobody, not one person ever saw him coming into the league and said, he's going to be an elite defender. What we saw from him was, this dude can score, and that's what we celebrate, and that's what we need from him. Um, he can't defend the four, unfortunately. Uh, he can't defend the two, three, five. I'll see that. Bradley reminds me of Peyton from the 04 team. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think I was the age threw me off, but I can see that. I can see that. Bradley is your starting and closing one. Absolutely. Bradley gives us the minutes that we need. Uh, Blake Sinclair, it's even worse when he plays center. I, that, I never want to go back to that in my life, watching Kuzma try to play the five. That was the craziest part of my life. I never want to see that. Um, Bradley has been pretty solid. Uh, Dwight has a huge hurdle, has a huge hurdle with the refs. He does, but for most nights, and you also got to remember this, Dwight Howard is shooting one of the highest, uh, field goal percentages in the league. He's like 70 plus percent, mainly because all of his points come from inside the paint, which is perfect, right? So when he's scoring and he's going, and he's going well, he's good. If the refs don't call it his way, then he becomes a little bit more ineffective and you'll probably see AD playing the five. Um, uh, Israel uh, out. Man, I am so sorry. I feel like I'm so behind right now. Um, uh, load management games. That's what we want, but not. I don't want to see games where Anthony Davis and LeBron just sit. I don't think that's good for them. I don't think it's good for the chemistry. I do want to see games where it gets to the third quarter and they're done. LeBron is signing shoes and handing them out to people during the fourth. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. 
Bro, Muhammad Ali. I had a okay. Al Sanchez, do you think LeBron and AD will sit out one of those three stagger games or both of them uh, games in the? No, I think they're going to play all three games. Um, I think the only thing that would change that is depending on where our record is and how much it matters. Uh, but if if it matters, they're going to play. Uh, Jonas looking like Travis Kelsey out there. <laughs> I'm not sure. Blake St. Clair, the Grizzlies bench scored well because they were playing the Lakers bench. The defense has been slipping as soon as the starters leave and the points haven't been flowing um, on the Lakers side. Now, uh, while, while I understand that and I agree with that, um, I, I'll say this just to kind of put it in perspective. Uh, Clark and Dang uh, both got pretty huge minutes. Clark got 33 minutes. Jared Jackson only had 16 minutes, okay? So, you, so like, the starting lineup and the backup role, like, a lot of this stuff's going to become convoluted the closer we get to playoffs because the starting lineup is just how you, literally how you start, but it doesn't necessarily tell the story of who's really getting most of the minutes. Um, and so, for us, we can say that it was the bench that was giving up a lot, but Howard only played 16, Rondo only played 16, so, you know, a, a lot of our players were, a lot of our starting lineup got a bulk of the minutes tonight. So, I, a lot of the starting unit was playing a lot of the secondary unit for the Grizz. Like, Clark was burning up our starters, right? So, it's, so it's, it's, it's hard to put it all on that. And, and then you throw in Caruso. Caruso was doing his thing tonight. Um, as, far, as far as I'm concerned, the, it, it, it wouldn't show up on the stat sheet, but the way he was def- defensively present and chasing, and, and really, up until, like, the last quarter, he had Morant on, like on, on lock, right? So I, I don't know if I'll put it on the defensive, of the, uh, on the second unit for their defense, but they do lack, okay? The whole team has been lacking in that. Um, yeah, the bench still has no cohesion. And that's what's going to happen in the playoffs when they shrink the roster, uh, they shrink the rotation. The rotation is going to go down to about nine men, eight men, right? Uh, for the most part. So the Laker bench is going to become much more solidified. You know Caruso is going to get minutes. You know Morris is going to get minutes for the most part. Uh, you know uh, the Dwight's going to get minutes. So, like, you know certain people are going to get minutes, but Cook's not going to get minutes. Troy Downs is not going to get minutes. Dudley's not going to get minutes. And the question is, is Rondo going to get minutes? That's the true question. If Rondo's getting minutes during the playoffs, then you can throw you can throw all of these stats out the window because we don't know what's going to happen, okay? Um, uh, I'm trying to get to the right one. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Crusoe stands out because he plays above himself off the bench. The others tend to play it too cool almost, and Crusoe has a point to prove in the league. Most of the others on the bench are just surviving. Yeah, Crusoe is very aware that uh, that really if he doesn't play above his – well, I shouldn't even say it. This is his skill set. This is who he is. This is who he's been in the G League. This is who he is. I think if he, can, if he stays consistent, he'll know he'll always have a place in the league. But the minute he starts dropping off on his defense – uh, uh, really on his uh, on his athleticism, if that ever begins to wane, he becomes far less relevant in the league. Uh, right now, he is he is athletic. He's one of our more athletic, not just guards, but players in general. Uh, he's He has a great uh, basketball IQ. His, his shot desperately needs help. He had a three tonight, but for the most part, his mid-range is not trustworthy. Uh, but everything else is so great. So if he wanes in any one of those areas, he turns into Rondo. You know, we, we forget Ronnie used to be an all-defensive player, right? And the minute that started waning, now we're looking at him and we're going, yeah, he's not. Because he can't. He, he's kind of like, he's not a one-trick pony, but assists and defense, that's what we needed from him. That, the Boston Celtic him, but it, it hasn't been that in a while. So, 
Um, I guess Vogel wants to save Crusoe for crunch moments. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that. I, listen, I, I, I just want Crusoe to play more. That's what I want. I just want to see him play more. I want to see the secondary unit get more uh, fluid with each other. Gary, do you think Lakers are still actively looking for players on the buyout market? I do not. I think they've seen all they're going to see. I think they haven't made a decision about who they're going to sign. Uh, but I think we've seen all we're going to see. Uh, let me get over here. NBA Commune 24. Hoping Vogel gives Crusoe some big minutes during the playoffs now. Dude really changes the flow. Absolutely. Um, Al Mendares 81. Rondo can't run the point. Way too many turnovers. And Alex, and Alex we trust. I'm going to make a shirt with that. I'm going to give you credit, bro. Uh, uh, let me get another one. Uh, how well, this is NBA Commune 24. How well do you think he fits in the Lakers system? Um, I think he's going to be much more of a specialist. I don't think he's going to be as beneficial as his brother would have been. Um, his brother is, obviously his brother is, uh, was not going to get bought out. It was going to be a trade. Um, he has value, right? Uh, uh, Markeith, I think, is much more of a, a momentary thing, like break glass in case of emergency type guy. Like, once again, we talked about it. You know, he's averaging 11 points, about four rebounds, and he's shooting well from three points. So you kind of want to think about it in that aspect. Who in our lineup is not producing that on a, on a consistent basis, and can we throw him in? And once again, he was doing this mainly against East, Eastern Conference teams. So now he's getting into the West. This is a far different beast. I don't expect him to be scoring 11 points on average in the West. It's probably not going to happen. But I think if, if we find the right role, if he plays defense well, I think his role will be fantastic with us. J.R. Smith is KCP without the defense. Jason Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. Blake St. Clair. We already got brothers on opposing teams for the finals. Lakers versus Bucks. Yeah, but we really don't count Antetokounmpo. We don't really count him as a part of the team. I mean, like literally, like he's he's really just like, he's kind of there, but he's not like, it, the Big's getting into foul trouble. I, I just, I don't, I don't ever see him get, getting, getting any run. Now can we just go for the Western Conference Finals too? Uh, Blake St. Clair. Yeah, the games that matter is going to be Kuzma on Kawhi, PG, Giannis, hopefully. I'm not confident he can stay, even stay in the same frame as them. No, I don't think so. He, it, we kind of missed it, but Ja almost sent, uh, almost sent Kuzma into the stands on a crossover move that was, that was pretty nasty. Uh, but, you know, it happens. It happens. The bench isn't needed in the postseason, but they are needed to give the starters rest in the regular season so they can be at their best for the playoffs. Absolutely. I agree. Adele, what's up, man? Let's go. Uh, a wisdom over worries. They call Caruso the white mamba. Real talk. Now, he ain't Kobe, but, boy, he's much more like – he has like a, a, a Tony Allen uh, defensive mindset, um, and he has like this – I just – I don't know how to – He's you can't explain Caruso. You just have to like literally watch and go – Oh, the games are different when he's in. If you never watched an NBA game and you sat down and you watched tonight's game and you watched when Rondo was in and then you watched when Caruso was in, you would go, yeah, I don't know what he's doing, but I know he's different. And and that's all you need to know. If I look at my stat sheet and one guy is plus 23 and the other guy is, mu is minus 9, I, I go, oh, okay, well, then I know who I'm putting in. But for whatever reason, it's so frustrating. But Vogel doesn't seem to put Crusoe in until Rondo has completely imploded like he did tonight. Um, let's see. Uh, how much is the membership to join the Crusoe fan club you run? <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, I don't, I, 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 all I know is this. All I know is this. I know that when I look at Caruso, 
I know that he has a place in our hearts because we watch this dude not just grind to get a contract, but grind to show the NBA what we've been watching in G League all this time. That's why a lot of us are getting uh, um, are so hype about about talent, about THT, right? Like we're looking at him in this G League and we're going, the rest of the league has no idea what this kid is doing right now. And when he gets called up, it's going to be a wrap. That's how we used to look at Caruso. Now with the point scoring as much, we see this dude do dunks in the G League. We watch this dude do some crazy stuff, man. Like we'd be like, yo. Let's get this dude. And he come up on those two-way contracts when we sucked all those years. He'd come up on those two ways, and he would do crazy stuff. We'd be like, okay, like this dude's different. And now he's proving it. He's not just proving it in stints. He's proved it all season long. We know he's not a great shooter, but he'll make a three when it matters. We know you're not. You know he's not going to be in the dunk contest, but he'll put a putback dunk when you least expect it, like he did tonight. Nobody saw him coming. You had to go back and watch the replay to be like, where in the world did he come from? The whitest guy on the court somehow camouflaged himself and showed up with his hand on the rim dunking over another player. Like that's that's the Caruso that we know and that we all believe in. So, uh, uh, would Kobe be able to score on Caruso? No. Now let me say this: Kobe would destroy Caruso. But the amount of respect that Kobe would give Caruso, I think, would be from it would be in, in, insane. Uh, because I feel like Caruso would not back down from Kobe. I feel like he would just be like, "Hey, man, like you can torch me, but I'm going to come at you every single practice." Like that's that's the kind of stuff that I love, right? John Ireland handles all membership offers for the Kuzma fan club. <laughs> Guys, okay, listen, let's 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 let's, let's get off of this for a minute. Uh, let's get off of this for a minute. Let's get back to this. Let's get to this to what's coming up. Um, first and foremost, I do want to say this: that we have um, a tremendous shot at keeping the number one seed. Obviously, I'm not going to really deal with the standings right now because we're just getting back into games. Uh, but you're gonna you're gonna see. Let's see here. Let's go to the schedule. I want to show you guys this real quick. So that you guys can see what I'm looking at um, over these next few games. Uh, uh, this month, the rest of this month, is fairly decent for us. But once we come out of this month, it's all, it's, I mean, I'm talking, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Okay. So, for us, we have, uh, obviously, we uh, won tonight uh, at home. Excuse me, against Memphis. So, now we're getting ready to play Boston at home and New Orleans at home. Those two games, we could, we could split them. Uh, but I fully, I, I don't, I do not expect us to go winless in those two games. Golden State, and then we we're at Golden State, and then we're at Memphis. So you better believe because we're playing them so close, we're playing them twice in the same month. They're going to be ready for us. We have to be very careful about that three-game road trip. Golden State, Memphis, and New Orleans. It's very possible that we can sweep that road trip, but we cannot play like we did tonight. If we were in Memphis tonight, we would have lost tonight's game. Okay. Uh, so what we need is we need to be focused by that point. So hopefully the Boston and the New Orleans games at home get us back rolling after the All-Star break. Then is when it gets serious, okay? Philadelphia here at home, Milwaukee here at home, and Clippers, technically it's on their court, but here at home. Those three games, when we start off in March, March 3rd, March 6th, and March 8th, that's the gauntlet, Okay. That's the gauntlet for us because after that, it, 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 it's not too bad. You have a, a Houston in there. You have a Denver and a Utah. But for the most part, we can beat those teams. We've already proven that. But we haven't beaten Milwaukee. Uh, we haven't beaten the Clippers. 
Um, and I believe, I don't even think we beat Philadelphia. I know we lost to them in their house. I can't remember if we played them before that. I don't think we did. So these are three teams that are playoff teams. Two of them are going to be East Coast, and one team that beat us twice um, right here on the West Coast. So, like, we, th- that's the games we need to be watching for. So leading into that, Boston, New Orleans, Golden State, Memphis, New Orleans. These are all games that we should be getting our cohesion together. I fully expect Morris to be fully integrated into the system. By then, he may not have big minutes. He'll probably play about 10 to 12 minutes, 10 to 16 minutes maybe. Uh, but we, I fully expect him to be fully integrated by then. And we'll have some bodies to stack up against uh, Philadelphia and some bodies to stack up against Milwaukee. And hopefully some bodies to stack up against the Clippers. But we'll find out. So, uh, the, now the race right now is to 50. Right now we have 42 games. Our next race now is to 50, 50 wins. How fast can we win eight games in the next Obviously, you know, next month or so. Um, I, I think we can do it. But, boy, is it going to be rough. Boy, is it going to be rough. Uh, boy, is it going to be rough. So, with that being said, uh, that's going to be it for tonight, guys. I appreciate it. Everybody here on IG, listen, uh, this was an experiment tonight. We were just trying to figure out if we can get it going. Um, I'm going to find a better setup so I can see you guys better. I'm on a small little iPhone, about this big, uh, and we'll be able to talk uh, talk more. Keep your eyes on the Showtime Forum Twitter page as we release information. Once the uh, more signing becomes official and the waving of cousins becomes official, we will let all of you guys know and then what the next steps will be and what the Lakers will look like. Um, and if there are any more potential signings, you better believe we'll be ready, locked, and loaded to get those things going. So, guys, once again, Lakers win tonight, 117-105, lost a 25-point lead, was able to get it back. Anthony Davis got hurt in the first minute. Came back and had a block party with seven blocks tonight. It was a perfect way to start off the, uh, the, the first game coming out of All-Star break. Heading in, listen, number one in the Western Conference, number two in the league with the second best record in the league, and we're not even fully polished yet. So this is something that we all should be celebrating. Uh, remember to hop in the DMs, send spirit bombs to all those players. Let them know how much you appreciate them. It's 1 o'clock in the morning here in Houston. I have to go coach my son's basketball game in the morning. So remember... Mamba out, but not forgotten, guys. I'll catch you on the next.